Hello and welcome to Middle Church. I am Natalie, I'm the digital minister here, and this is... Jazara! <laughs> and we are here to welcome you, and Jazara just wanted to say... Happy Children's Sabbath! She was baptized into the church, I want to say, nearly six years ago. You just t turned six, right? Yes. <laughs> so let us get right into worship, but before we do, we'll take a deep centering breath together. And let us worship God. It's time for the message for all ages. So come close so we can have a conversation. Sometimes when I was little, I'd look around the world and I'd think, what can I do about this? And I thought maybe I was too small and didn't have anything to give. But I had a beautiful conversation with Brooks who reminded me about the imagination and creativity that little people have to change the world. Take a look. Hi, Brooks. How are you doing? Good. Good, sweetheart. How long have you been coming to Middle Church, sweetheart? Um, like, when I was five. Yep, and now you're eight, right? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part of church? The choir. The choir. And who directs the choir? John. <laughs> and isn't John? What do you think John's like? What's he like? 
uh, really funny, and uh, he makes up all the songs that we sing and the choir. Yeah, he does such a good job. I think he does. And who are you, who are your, some of your buds in the choir? Dominic, Lucianne, and Ellington, yeah. and uh, also um, Tomoki and Lake um, aren't in the choir anymore. But uh, sometimes, um, like I see them. That's great. Like sweetheart. sometimes I see Lake at church. Oh, good, good. So well, look, it's kind of weird that we don't get to be in church right now, right? But I don't get to hug you, but I get to see you like this, which makes me so happy because you're like one of the best huggers I've ever known. Plus you give good flowers. You've given me good flowers before. Sweetie, I am so excited to tell people something about you that they don't know, which is also that you're an artist. Now this is very bright. So I'm going to try to get it. There we go. There it goes. Do you see that? There it is. That is Brooke's art on a pair of shoes, and they are called Brooke Kicks. And guess what? Brooke not only made the art, but he's doing something special with it. What is the special thing? $50 are going to the church um, to um, help the church raise money. $50 coming to the church to help it raise money. <laughs> They're $100. They're custom beautiful, and $50 comes to the church because why? Because I like seeing the um, bar um, when, when they um, share the bar on the screen. I like seeing it um, up on the um, screen um, so I see like what the goal is and how far we're at. How far the goal is and how far I, how we're at. And this young man, this artist, wants to see us make our goal to see the bar go all the way up to the top. Right, Brooks? Uh -huh. So if you want to help Brooks help Middle Church do offering so all the kids can sing in the choir, so they can see each other in the digital spaces, so we can do all the ministries that we want to do. Brooks, Brooks says, do what you want, but make, but make it good. Go to middlechurch.org, donate and you'll be able to find a way to buy some pretty brook shoes. Yeah, you can't have mine. <laughs> Brooks, let's make that bar go up, right? Mm -hmm. I love you, Brooks. Fist bump. All right, honey, it's so good to see you. Big love, blow me a kiss. And give mommy and daddy a hug, okay? My pronouns are she, her, and this is Middle in Two Minutes. There are so many ways that we're struggling right now. We've lost livelihood, we've lost a sense of security, we've lost a sense of confidence, we have a lot of anxiety about 
what tomorrow will bring. And many of us have also lost loved ones. So I want you to come to middlechurch.org and find the prayer portal. There you can let the pastors and the deacons know how we can pray for you, how we can hold you. If you need financial help and support, we are here for you. So let us know how we can be of service. Secondly, please note at the website that there are 12 ways to love on the way to the election. And we'd really like you to participate with those so we can feel some agency on the way to this big change in our nation and perhaps make America loving, faithful, and good together. Thanks. This is the time in our worship celebration where we pray the prayers of the people. There are lots of prayers to pray for our globe, for people who are hurting, who are starving, who are lost, who are afraid. Prayers for peace, prayers for love and hope. But I'd like us this morning to pay prayers for ourselves. So I lit a candle for you and me. Something to remind us of the spirit. Something fragrant, something soft. And I want to invite you to soften down, to take it down, to let yourself relax into some softness. Soften, soften your eyes. Soften your jawline. Breathe in, breathe out. Put your hands on your chest or open them. Let your belly go soft. Let your feet feel comfortable. There's a second verse of Amazing Grace that says, Through many dangers, toils and snares, I God sees you and loves you and knows you. And where before you speak, God hears what you're crying about. Rest in grace. Rest in mercy. 
at home in love. Let us pray together now the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Say it the way you know it, say it the way you learned it. Let us pray together. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's salam. It doesn't just mean the absence of war. It means the presence of well-being, wholeness, spiritual, mental, and physical health. From our family to yours. May peace be with you. Now and always.
scripture is from 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in these, those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again, a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. If he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and to lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. For the word of God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. God is unsuspecting always using the most unlikely people to both help us see and to give new good words. In this exchange, the young unsuspecting Samuel is sleeping. He hears someone calling his name, understandably so, thinks it's the elderly Eli in the other room, hops up twice and says, Eli, what do you want? You're calling me. You woke me up. Eli, finally understanding what's going on, says, oh, Samuel, that's not me calling you, that's God. Now, we must understand that Eli is not in the best favor of the Lord at the time of this exchange. The message that the Lord is about to give Samuel, in fact, is actually against Eli and his way of doing and being and ruling. The land was spiritually impoverished, we read. But as I said, God is tricky and unsuspecting because what happens here in 1 Samuel is that the one who is displeasing in the sight of the Lord, Eli, is actually the one who acts as a conduit to Samuel hearing the voice of the Lord. We use our holy text to enlighten the living of our days. So we must ask, who are the people in our lives who claim religious authority, but maybe with whom God is actually displeased, who are still acting as conduits to us hearing God's call. In the late 1970s, in an effort to prevent Carter from having a second term, a group of conservative, overly white and male Christians wanted to remain in power. Imagine that. And they knew they needed to gain a monopoly on morality in order to do so, thus the formation of the religious right and the moral majority. But there wasn't much moral about this majority, especially not in their formation. 
It's a common myth that the religious right emerged as a political movement in response to Roe versus Wade, the court case that protected a woman's right to choose to have an abortion. That simply isn't true. The religious right actually organized around fighting to protect Christian schools from being desegregated. That's right. I said they organized around being racist. But at least at that time, they knew that outright claiming racism might be a little bit of a difficult sell. And thus, they deceivingly decided to use unborn babies as their rallying point. Everybody loves babies. Let's build a moral movement around telling people that we care about unborn babies. But I digress. Let's stick with the story at hand. A religious leader, Eli, tells a young emerging prophet to listen to and to answer God. Jerry Falwell, a religious leader, tells a whole bunch of folks to listen to and to answer God. Now here's where we can either get it right or get it really, really wrong. If we put too much worth in the earthly messenger and move ourselves away from the holy text and from prayer, we'll totally miss God's divine call. A whole lot of people to put too much worth in the earthly messenger of Jerry Falwell. And we see where that's gotten us today. We see the violence of white supremacy and patriarchy and the pro-life movement manipulating the religious right and voters for political gain. And we also see where we've gotten it right. We see Samuels and Samanthas, prophets and new leaders who can see through the muck of the messenger and of the deception and stay true to God's will. A political movement based on morality? Speak, Lord, we're listening. And we've responded with clear voices about what it means to be pro-life. That is caring about the entire spectrum of life and what it could look like to vote for values of justice and equality, to care about poor and low-income people in this country, to denounce sexism, patriarchy, and white supremacy. If the so-called religious leaders we follow aren't doing that, then I encourage us to ask, is it God's will that we're living out? Or as AOC said this week, are politicians using an unrecognizable faith to pass and uphold oppressive laws? Yes, our holy scriptures tell us something about the living of these days. And this exchange, fraught with lessons on listening, call, responsiveness, discernment, our youth, is also a solid reminder that despite the carrier, God's will will not be corrupted because there will always be a Samuel deeply listening and because God will always come through. We need Samuels and Samanthas today. 
We need ears to be tuned in, to listen and to respond to God's call so that we might usher in new ways of being and living. We don't have it completely right yet. We're still fighting to denounce religious leaders who think they have a monopoly on morality. Messengers today who will say that they have to push forth that which they want to push forth, whatever they need to say in order to win votes, to grow a church, to keep whiteness in power. It's messy. We must be intentional to get through the clutter. We must be intentional about staying close to the heart of God so we can denounce those who speak contrary to that who we know God to be. This is an evolving process. We never arrive. White women, for example, fail time and time again to use what institutional power we have to level the playing field. We saw this just a few weeks ago when moderator Susan Page aligned herself with the patriarchy and with whiteness rather than with Senator Harris, another woman in the vice presidential debate. This is hard because in the short return, it may seem like the patriarchy rewards women who serve it. But threats always loom, as demonstrated in the same week with kidnapping threats toward Governor Whitmer. White women are more likely to be harmed by white men than by anybody else. When we fail to listen and respond to what God is calling us to do and be, when we get manipulated by power, by false promises, by messengers. We are not living into what we might fully become. When we fail to listen to and to respond to what God is calling us to do and be, we fail to remember that we're all threatened and fighting against the same things. Economic inequality, whiteness, sexism, climate change, a global pandemic, unnamed grief, unspoken fears, the very need to be heard, valued, seen, and loved. Friends, God calls us for more. God wants more for all of us, for the unborn babies, for the born babies, for white women, for black women, for Hispanic children, for Asian grandparents, for trans people, for black men, and white men. God calls us all for much more. And we can only know what she's calling us to if we can get beyond the noise and focus on the divine true voice. Stay in the word. Stay in prayer. Notice that Samuel's response isn't just speak, Lord. It's a response combined with action. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. Hmm. Listening is active prayer. Dr. King believed that activism prefaced by prayer can be the most effective. We've got work still to do, family. In the middle of this most important Supreme Court confirmation hearings and presidential election season, it is my prayer that we are people of deep, active listening so that we can brush through the sometimes flawed messengers, brush through the false promises of power and prestige 
and so that we can glean wisdom and new ways forward that come straight from the heart of the divine. She uses all the ways to get through to us, all of us, even the most young among us. So speak, Lord. We're listening and we're organizing and we're praying and we're grieving and we're voting. Frederick Beekner says, go where your best prayers take you. Let's go. Amen. What would it be like if you really knew that you were a source of delight to the source of your delight? How would that change how you work in the world and how you interact in the world and how you love in the world? Middle Church helped me find that answer. F-A-M-I-L-Y, family, all of it. <laughs> and it's the place where you go just to be yourself. Don't pretend it. Just be yourself. I have two boys. They grew up at middle, pushing them around in the stroller, just doing all the kids' stuff at Easter and Christmas time. My office building was closed down March 20th. Not physically going to court meant no revenue, no income, no charging anybody. So middle provided the, um, the platform to go get the services and see what's going on, but it provided financial help. Middle has, has, has been there for us. And I don't know what I would do if it wasn't for them over the years. Middle Church has meant community for us. When the pandemic happened and everything shut down, we were really isolated all of a sudden. But one thing we could always count on was that we would see our friends at Middle Church. And instead of that bond diminishing, it got stronger, which I think is amazing. No one could pull that off but middle to, to create that closeness despite this separateness and, and make it a, a point of coming together. My husband, Daryl Allardyce, and I started coming to middle several years ago, and it was really wonderful for us because we came from very different religious backgrounds, and it was one place that we both really related to in different ways. COVID happened and we had the shutdown, and Daryl and I were home together, and then on April 20th, he went into the hospital with a really bad sickle cell crisis, and he died on May 15th. Jackie and Amanda were really amazing about checking in with me during that time, and they knew about what was going on, and they stayed in close touch with me. I can't thank Middle enough for including me and embracing me at this time. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. One of the things I love about Middle Church is when the going gets tough, we get going further, higher, deeper, wider. When it was March and we were on our way to the Revolutionary Love Conference, our team pivoted to make Revolutionary Love online. It was beautiful and attended by over 600 people. Revolutionary Love is going to come online again this year. We are going to be able to deliver to people across the globe the kind of wisdom and conversations that they know we need if we're going to have a revolution of values based on love.
The other thing that we learned is that the universe is asking, how do you have the tough conversations? And so we've been busy. The way we've been marching is by teaching people how to be anti-racist in faith communities. And not only that, we have finally launched our years-long-awaited Freedom Laboratory. We've done two labs on democracy, and just wait until you see all that we're going to do to teach young people about math and science, to have a strong after-school program, to work intergenerationally, to teach history and culture and how to be an anti-racist and make our democracy new and brave again. Along with activism, advocacy, and trainings in the matters of Black lives, we've committed an additional $100,000 of our budget to programs that support Black wellness, resiliency, and mental health. This amplifies our full racial justice programming designed to work for the liberation of all communities of color. The Deacon Fund is designed for those of you who may be having financial difficulties right now. It could be related to COVID-19 and maybe not so much. But if you are experiencing anything, please, please, please get in touch with us. So I learned about middle about 10 years ago when I was in law school. I was learning about all forms of racial injustices and inequities, yet I didn't find any place in my institution where we were openly talking about these issues from a place of radical love. And it was then that I found Middle and was so inspired and energized by what I heard. I invite you to discover how delightful you can be and that there is a place that you can come and you can worship and that your very particularity is not just accepted, it is celebrated, it is embraced, and it's glorified. Middle Church is not shrinking. Middle Church is not pulled in. We're actually doing more than ever. The nation needs us more than ever. Our people need us more than ever, which means we need you more than ever. Middle has been doing this for so long. Um, before there was even COVID, Middle was helping people. Cancel rent might be uh, catching hashtag right now, but call it something else. Call it helping people in need and middles behind it. Thank you for everything you do to put God's love into action in the world and for helping us. No matter who you are or where you are, home is here. Home is here. Home is here. Home is here. Home is here.
Dear God, thank you for all these gifts and offerings. Thank you for those that gave and those that wanted to give but were not able. Bless us as we hold children and young people close to our hearts on this children's Sabbath. Let us be mindful that we are never too young to make a difference for a better world and we are never too old to uplift youth voices. We pray this in your many names. Amen. Don't you know they're talking about a revolution and it sounds calls us for so much more. May we have the courage and the moral imagination 
to get through the clutter. No matter who the messenger is, help us always to be open to the divine voice of God, calling us, speaking us towards something new. Now let's go to where our best prayers can take us. Amen.